This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mayor Culpa Podcast. All right, everyone, it's time to stop the insanity. Remember that ad from late night infomercials? The exercise lady who shouted into the midnight hours? Well, it's how I feel every time our former president, the Orange Jesus, a.k.a. Mandarin Mussolini, a.k.a. former idiot-in-chief, sends out one of his lunatic missives into the ether, adding more kerosene to an already flaming dumpster fire. You think it has to stop? At some point, this guy will just go away, or at least just shut the fuck up? He's been indicted, what, three times now, going on four? And on the advice of counsel, he's been told to pipe the fuck down, shut your mouth, let the lawyers handle the case. But he's like the Terminator, a very pale, fleshy, large-boned Terminator in size 45 jockeys. I mean, the man is relentless, and now that he is fighting for his life, he will not stop. At the moment, there is no news cycle where Trump's name is not mentioned. The 2024 election is not a referendum about the future of our nation, but is rather a referendum on the past. Mainly, do you want that sick, corrupt sack of shit back in the White House? And do you believe, as Trump asserts, that the 2020 election was rigged? This is not a multiple-choice test, my friends. I'm just pointing out the constant noise pollution that Trump and his cronies blast into the air like a rancid fart on a minute-by-minute basis, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It literally never stops. If you believe that noise, then you believe that all of this is some kind of a grand conspiracy to stop Trump and his MAGA movement from reclaiming what is rightfully theirs to begin with. And that deranged Jack Smith is nothing more than a corrupt agent of President Biden. I mean, this shit just never fucking stops. But there is a certain sick logic to all of it. Trump knows that it doesn't matter if what he says is true. It just matters that he says it over and over and over again. Repetition breeds habit, and pretty soon this stuff becomes accepted as gospel. Trump's strategy to date is to use his social media as a blunt force instrument to bully, to scare, and to shape his defense. But once again, he has met his match in Jack Smith. At his arraignment on Thursday, the former president affirmed his understanding that, as explained by Magistrate Judge Maxilla A. Upadaya, Finally, sir, I want to remind you that it is a crime to try to influence a juror, or to threaten or attempt to bribe a witness or any other person who may have information about your case, or to retaliate against anyone for providing information about your case to the prosecution, or to otherwise obstruct the administration of justice, the judge said. Things kicked off last Friday when Trump posted a message on his untrued social platform, his social media, issuing a vague but strongly worded threat. If you go after me, I'm coming after you, he wrote. Shortly after, in a standard move early in a criminal prosecution, the government filed its request for a protective order in the case to Judge Chukton. 
prosecutors noted that protections over discovery were particularly important in this instance because Trump has previously issued public statements on social media regarding witnesses, regarding judges, attorneys, and others associated with legal matters pending against him. To prove their point, they included a screenshot of the former president's threatening post from the same evening. A short time after the government's filing, Mr. Trump's campaign issued a statement with no aide's name attached, insisting he was practicing his First Amendment rights. And I quote, The truth post cited is the definition of political speech, the statement said, adding that it was in response to dishonest special interest groups and political committees attacking him. The proposed protective order sought to block Trump's legal team from disclosing materials directly or indirectly to anybody who was not employed by his defense team, potential witnesses, counsel for potential witnesses, and other persons at the discretion of the court, per the order that was amended by Trump's team in the filing. And Trump being Trump has promised to violate that order. Fuck it! On Tuesday, over Truth Social, Trump boasted that even if Judge Chukton grants the Justice Department the protective order preventing him from publicly targeting individuals related to his 2020 election meddling case, he's going to keep up the relentless stream of shit talk. And while speaking at a campaign event in New Hampshire, the former president told the crowd that prosecutors were attempting to take away his First Amendment rights through the protective order. And I quote, Crooked Joe now wants the thug prosecutor, this deranged guy, to file a court order taking away my First Amendment rights so that I can't speak. I will talk about it. I will. They're not taking away my First Amendment rights. This wasn't all the bullshit Trump spouted. Knowing that an indictment from Fulton County DA Fannie Willis is imminent, he decided to go after her as well, leveling a series of bizarre accusations at the DA, suggesting that she had an affair with a gang member that she was prosecuting. They say there's a young woman, a young racist in Atlanta. They say she was after a certain gang and she ended up having an affair with the head of the gang or a gang member. And this is a person who wants to indict me, wants to indict me for a perfect phone call, Trump told the supporters. As his lawyers attempt to soften the scope of the order and avoid hard restrictions on Trump's ability to publicly discuss evidence made available to him through the case's discovery phase, the former president just keeps on posting. Almost immediately after leaving his campaign event in New Hampshire, Trump cited the far-right misinformation hub Gateway Pundit in a Truth Social post claiming that Judge Chukton had ties to Hunter Biden. And I quote again, The Obama-appointed judge in the free speech indictment of me by my political opponent, Crooked Joe Biden's Department of Injustice, shared professional ties at the law firm that worked for energy company Burisma, based in Ukraine, of which Hunter Biden and his associate were proud members of the board and were paid millions of dollars, even though Hunter knew almost nothing about energy, Donald wrote. How much was the law firm paid? So horrible. This is a classic conflict of interest, Gateway Pundit, he added. 
The personal attacks against Chukton are part of Trump's strategy. If she calls his bluff and actually finds Trump in contempt and orders him to jail, it will be fucking pandemonium. But that's what he does. He literally dares you to hold him accountable. And so far, no one has, which just emboldens this asshole even further. But Shukdin is no pushover. She's smart and understands Donald Trump and what he is trying to accomplish. In any case, the judge has ordered a hearing at 10 a.m. on Friday to discuss the Justice Department's motion, whether Trump and his team of monkeys like it or not. And now for the main event. My next guest on Mea Culpa is a podcaster, a radio host and columnist, Joe Walsh. Walsh was elected to the House of Representatives in 2011 from Illinois' 8th District. He also ran for president and then blew up his life when he spoke out against the MAGA cult and gave Trump the bird. To quote Joe, Republicans have become fully radicalized and anti-democracy. Joe's podcast, White Flag, strives to find a path to unite, not divide us politically. But he pulls no punches in his latest book, Fuck Silence, calling Trump out for the cultish, moronic, authoritarian con man he is. He is of late railed against the GOP establishment who voted for Trump in 2020 and believe the rest of us simply forgot their actions. He is also deeply worried about the future of the GOP and the idea that there is no longer space for a sane anti-Trump candidate who supports small government and fiscal conservatism. What happens next is anyone's guess, so let's go now to that conversation. Okay, so Joe, the New York Times has called the Georgia investigation the most expansive legal challenge yet to the efforts that Mr. Trump and his advisors undertook to keep him in power after he lost the 2020 election. In what will likely be a racketeering indictment, Trump's behavior in Georgia showcases him at his most blatantly corrupt method. I mean, it's just blatantly corrupt. And there's just no way to excuse or look beyond what happened. Yet, Kevin McCarthy that fucking fool that he is, and his trained monkeys will continue to push the narrative that Trump is innocent and that this is nothing more than election interference on the part of the Biden administration. I mean, their deflection is absolutely incredible. If you would, discuss with me and my listeners how that they can, with an absolute straight face, continue this line of bullshit. Because, Michael, always good to be with you, my buddy. Republican voters believe this. Look, it makes perfect sense for McCarthy to say what he says. It makes perfect sense for any Republican who wants to stay a viable Republican to spew that bullshit politically, Michael. The country's got to fucking wrap their arms around this. This is where Republican voters are. They tell me this every day. So it would be weird... If McCarthy didn't say that, it would be weird for any Republican not to stand with Trump, because if they do that, they're they're ending themselves. It, it, again, two realities, Michael, the truth 
and where my the voters in my former party are now. Just two completely different worlds. Okay, now it's one thing to live in fantasy land, right? So they, and it's another to live in reality, right? If you want fantasy land, go to Disney, right? If you want reality, just walk on your street and watch the television, not necessarily the television that you continue to watch that's full of bullshit, but read the newspapers, watch television, you know, listen to the different experts across the spectrum. And I say this because just even the other day, a secret memo was released, right, that shows the Trump campaign new fake elector scheme was likely to fail. So how is this, again, on the Biden administration? How is this possible that someone like McCarthy or Jim Jordan or any of these other acolytes, how could they possibly make the argument that this is the Biden administration weaponizing government in order to prevent Trump from becoming president again in 2024. I mean, let me just go one step further here because this internal, and this isn't created like the nonsense that you keep hearing. Oh, the Hunter Biden laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop. This is an acknowledged internal Trump campaign memo by this lawyer, Kenneth Cheesebro, right? Who, right, turned around which reveals details, significant details about how the former president and his team, Rudy Kaludi, uh, Bernie Kerrick, the whole nine yards, right? That they initiated a plan to interfere with the electoral process, the electoral college process, to install these fake GOP electors in several states, obviously the ones that were purple that they needed to win, to install them there after losing the 2020 presidential election with the goal of keeping Donald in power. Michael, again... What am I missing? I I, I know sometimes you want to throw something at me because I'm a broken record. I talk to Republican voters every day. They don't hear any of what you just said. They just don't and they won't. Uh, So they don't believe it. They believe what they're told every single day. And what Trump says out there, that the deep state is after me, Michael Cohen, 85% of Republican voters believe that. So if you're a Republican and you want to stay a member of Congress like I was, you better kind of say the same thing. Or the voters, the Republican voters, will boot you out of office. And they're never, Michael, they're never going to get the truth. These voters will never hear the truth. If they want to hear the truth, the truth is out there. And in the truth, Cheeseboro, right, or Cheesebro, Cheese Toe, or whatever the fuck his name is, this dirtbag acknowledges this isn't Michael Cohen saying it. This isn't Joe Walsh saying it. This isn't, you know, uh, Jamie Raskin or uh, Congressman Steve Cohen or or Dan Goldman or somebody saying this is Cheesebro himself in the memo acknowledging that he is suggesting a and I'm going to quote this is his a bold 
controversial strategy that the Supreme Court would likely ultimately reject, right? I mean, yeah. this, isn't, this isn't me saying it. This is him saying it. So how is it possible if you're engaged in a conversation with one of these Republicans, and I don't care how deep into the dumpster that you are with Donald's cult, his own lawyer is telling you in a secret memo that it will ultimately likely be rejected by the Supreme Court with a goal in seven swing states to insert fake electors to change the outcome of the 2020 election. How could they not believe it? Hey, Michael, think about this. The January 6th, 6th committee last year, something like 95% of the people who testified were Republicans. Almost all of Jack Smith's witnesses against Trump next year will be Republicans, not Democrats. And that January 6th committee did great work. All Republican witnesses didn't move Republican voters at all. You're right. Trump committed four crimes. He lied and he purposely filed uh, lies in court. He pressured state election officials to exceed their to commit crimes. He concocted this fake elect uh, elector scheme and he pressured the Justice Department to lie. Those are all crimes. If Jack Smith can prove it, I guess what I'm saying, though, Michael, is we're in a divided country and Trump's party ain't really changing. Right. Except. We you also now have, yeah, well, you also have Mike Pence involved in this as well. And Mike Pence, if you've ever met him, which I, of course, have. Yeah. I it's like this him. pathetic, he's just a pathetic, you know, excuse for a human being. This is a guy who refuses to tell the whole truth. He tries to play that religious bullshit. Well, you know, uh, I prayed to God with, you know, Karen and so on. This is a guy whose boss was enticing a crowd to hang him after they built a gal in the, you know, in the center of the mall in front of the Capitol. Yeah. But they now have these emails where Cheese Bro also suggests having Mike Pence open and count the electoral votes alone, right? And then Pence would then certify the fake electors' votes, knowing, of course, that is bullshit, which goes back to the old adage that I've been saying for, what, three, four years now on Donald's fascination with Trump's statement of it doesn't yeah. matter who you vote for. All that matters is who's counting the vote and then have Pence certify the fake electors votes, which would undo Biden's win in those states. And this was all a concocted plan. Now, truth be told, I don't think Donald Trump concocted this plan. No, this plan was clearly above his pay grade when it comes to intelligence and strategy. This is definitively a cheese bro type of a strategy. But where Donald Trump is held accountable 
It's part of the racketeering. It's part of the, um, the conspiracy by this whole group to effectuate this fake electoral scheme. Yeah. And, that, and Michael, that's just, that's just one of the crimes, the alleged crimes that Jack Smith is going to go after, the fake elector scheme, the, the fake scheme to try to get Pence to exceed his constitutional authority. There are like four to five crimes. That's why it's such bullshit. Republicans have been saying that, that it's all because of what Donald said. It had nothing to do with Trump's speech. This is all based on what he did. Here's my theory on Pence. I know Pence well. I served with him in Congress. I think Mike Pence realizes he's finally done. He can't win. He has no fucking shot to be the nominee. And you're right. He he doesn't have sort of the moral courage to do the right thing. But I think to himself, Michael, he's kind of said, fuck it. I can't win. I'm going to begin to separate myself from Trump a little bit. So I think he'll step out a little more now. He yeah, may testify. So sure. Yeah, well, wouldn't that be nice? You know what else would be nice? If Bill Barr, right? Wait, yeah. I agree. What would be nice is if Bill Barr... Stop doing television Fuck and actually heart. park that fat ass right in front of, you know, like the way I did for nine hours, seven different times. Park that fat ass right in a chair in front of members of the of the of the Congress and testify as to what he what he and Donald did across the board, not yeah. just to me, but to all of it. Come fucking clean and let's put an end to Donald's regime already before we really end up in trouble. We lose our democracy and our country becomes an autocracy. Hey, hey, hey Michael, I'm, I'm really, really pissed off at Bill Barr, more so than most any of these Republicans. You know this well. Trump's a monster. Bill Barr really helped create that monster. And Bill Barr purposely helped the monster. When that Mueller report came out and Bill Barr did what he did with it, man, mm -hmm. he put his thumbs, he put his ass, he put everything on it. For Bill Barr now to be speaking against him just freaking pisses me off. But here's the other thing, Michael. When Bill Barr is asked, even now, if Trump's the nominee, what are you going to do? He's on record as saying, I mean, he's going to vote for the Republican nominee no matter who it is. So screw Bill Barr. I, I don't. Could you imagine, Joe? I mean, think about it. You would rather vote for someone who you know is no. fundamentally flawed in every single, in every way, shape and form. The man, and again, I'm referring to Donald here, is a racist sexist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, anti-Semite, anti-democrat, anti-constitution, right? Uh, you know, moron. And that's, you're going to vote for your party over country? Seriously, and this fucking idiot, Bill Barr, was the attorney general of the United States of America, knowing what Donald did Knowing what he helped Donald to do, you would still vote for the guy? And you would be so open and state that to the public? Michael, Bill Barr and Mike Pence have both specifically said Trump is unfit to be president. 
So now how can you believe that and then say, but if he's the nominee, I'm voting for him. I mean, that's just a, that's a tortured, tortured person. And somebody who takes that position needs to just be pounded by us. Look, all these Republicans know Trump's unfit, everyone running against him, uh, but they don't say it. Barr has said it and Pence has said it. And they and still Chris Christie have has said it. <laughs> well, right. But Christie has said, and Christie pisses me off too, Michael, because uh, Christie knew who Trump was for 20 fucking years. But Christie said, I won't vote for him. He at least finally said that. Yeah, look, I, I know Chris um, as well. And I have to tell you, I'm not as angry at him as, you know, as others. Remember, let's go back. Like myself, people say, yeah, but you worked for Donald. You knew exactly what he was. It's not true. I knew he was, I knew he was scummy, right? But he was scummy as a real estate, as a myopic real estate developer in New York City. In fact, most of the real estate developers in New York are scummy. Yeah. Donald may have been slightly worse. It's very different. And I say, and I say this, we all expected that when he won the election in 2016, that all of this fucking Donald bullshit, right, that makes up who Donald is, that he would park that to the side. Yeah. You have the opportunity to be the president. You are the president of the United States of America. You're the leader of the free world. That you would elevate yourself, right, from the dumpster to the office of the, of the presidency, to the Oval Office, to the White House, right? And you would lead by, by doing good, not just for Republicans, but for all Americans. No, Donald became the worst version of himself imaginable, all right? And that's the truth. So I think Chris is entitled to a little bit of a pass here because... Bullshit. Truth be told, he never he never got a piece of the Washington pie under Donald, right? You know, he wanted to be, you know, Secretary of State. He wanted to be, you know, Chief of Staff. And Jared Kushner was never, ever going to allow him to hold any position because it was, of course, Chris Christie that yeah. locked up Charlie Kushner years ago for a pretty significant and ugly fucking crime. Yeah. No, hey... Hey, Michael, you're my friend, and I respectfully disagree with you, man. Look, you and I are you're the same boat. I, I voted for Trump in 2016. I didn't pay attention to who he was. I thought the same thing you thought. I thought he'll just go, he'll play a lot of golf, and maybe he'll hire a few good people. That's not Christie, though, Michael, because the minute Trump became president and I saw who he was, I fucking said, I can't support this. Chris Christie, Michael, in 2020, worked his fucking ass off to get Trump reelected. So Christie yeah. had four years to in the White House to see how fucking unfit this guy is. And he still tried to get him reelected. That, that's I, I, that's I, I not you Joe, and that's not me. Joe, I, I, I surrender to your position. <laughs> you, I, I, sur I surrender you to wouldn't it. Have you, done, right. you never would have done that, no. Michael. Nope. Never. Nope. nope. So look, let, let me move on and ask you this, because Dan Abrams, he recently yeah. said that Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis should back away from her indictment of Trump since Jack Smith's indictment covers the exact same grounds and that 
Willis's case will actually help Trump by giving him and his supporters legitimate arguments to make about the unfairness of the prosecutor as well as the process. I'm kind of curious here if you agree with this sentiment or do you think that, sh that Trump should stand trial for his egregious actions just so that people can see him being held you know, accountable? What's your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, and maybe like you, I love Dan Abrams. I think the guy's brilliant. I think he's one of the best guys on TV. I disagree with him, Michael. Um, and look, I get it. I get it. You know, Fannie Willis down there in, in Georgia uh, is political. So what? There are political people all over the country. You do. We trust that most of them do their job. I, I'm not a lawyer, Michael, but it, 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 it seems like these are not identical cases. Trump needs to be held accountable for every fucking thing he did. The stuff down in Georgia is really unique. He called that secretary of state and said, find me 11,280 votes. I mean, that's just and, and that's not the only call he made. So I don't think they're the same things that Jack Smith is going after. Trump needs to be held accountable for everything he did. I mean, you talked about, of course, those perfect phone calls. I mean, yeah. all of his is, you know, what's amazing, again, going back to these Republicans that you end up speaking to that are so entrenched in this dumpster cult of Trump. You turn around and you say, does that seem normal to you that the president of the United States should call, you know, um, Brad Raffensperger, right, and sit there and tell him to go find him? 11,780 votes, it's one more than he needs in order to change it. And even if you want the guy to win, it's almost like, um, isn't that just dirty? Is that what you would want from your president to do? I mean, where are your standards for operating in a fair and legitimate transition of power as a result of the will of the American people as a whole. Now, I get that you lost. It's like, look, it's like, you know, I was watching the Yankees, right, the other day, yeah. and they lost. And it's like, just because I control the scoreboard and I put it down, no, it wasn't four to three, I make it, you know, five to four in favor of the Yankees. That doesn't mean that the Yankees won. I mean, that's the whole thing. And no matter, then you go up onto the, you know, the scoreboard and you say, yay, congrats to the Yankees, you know, and you, and you set off the fireworks that they won. And, you know, then you try to put into the newspaper, you know, that the Yankees won last night, but they lost. You just add up the, you add up the score from, you know, from the first inning to yeah. the ninth, and you're just not there. So it's, it should not be so hard for these people to acknowledge sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. In this case, you lost, thank God, right? And let's move on. Let's move on as a country. And instead of hoping that Joe Biden falls down a flight of stairs and breaks his neck, right? Why don't you pray that the president of the United States, whether it was for Donald when he was president, Joe Biden, or whoever comes thereafter, don't you want to see your president succeed? I mean, what idiot in their right mind wants to see the country burned down to the ground because your party lost? It's like getting onto an airplane yeah. and wanting your pilot to crash. 
It's stupid. It doesn't make sense to me. I just can't, I can't understand this and I can't, I can't rationalize it. Man, Michael, in a weird way, you're too damn honest for politics. That's a, uh, that's a good thing, Michael Cohen. That's a compliment. And by the way, you make a really good point. Uh, everybody listening to us should remember the only reason we're here right now, the only reason America is in this place right now is because Trump wasn't big enough or decent enough just to accept an election loss, right? He's the biggest sore loser in American history. Michael, when I when when Republican voters, when I tell Republican voters about that call to Georgia, find me 780 votes, they generally tell me the following. Look, Joe, that's just Trump doing all he can to make sure the election was on the up and up, man. He's just trying to make sure it was all on the up and up. I don't have a problem with that, Joe. That's generally what they tell me. I have a problem, Michael, with the president even picking up that phone and making that call because he's he's using the power of his office to do that. That's not good, but his voters don't see it that way. No, they definitely don't. But Joe, in tweeting about a piece that you recently wrote for the Daily Beast about yeah. Trump's actions, and I'm going to quote, you wrote, violence. It was always about the violence to him. Violence was always his goal. From the moment he began lying about the 2020 election, months before the 2020 election, he wanted to use violence to remain in power. If you would, discuss with my listeners the way in which you believe that Trump uses violence as a political tool and what we can expect if he gets convicted in any of these so far, you know, indictments. Hey, Michael, this is really scary. And to me, this is the most important thing. And I hope people are paying at attention to this. You know, Trump, Trump started lying about the 2020 election before the election. A lot of people forget that. Trump started lying like in June, the summer of 2020. I'll never forget, Michael, when, when, when I heard him first, I'm on the radio. He's at a rally five months before the election. And he said at the rally, one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to win or it's going to be stolen from me. From that moment on, he was laying the groundwork for chaos mm -hmm. and violence if he lost. I think that was his whole plan. January 6th was his final backup plan. He fucking loved the violence on that day. Mm -hmm. Mike, I'm going to tell you this, though, and everybody listening needs to hear this. The shit that I'm hearing from his supporters right now is a hell of a lot scarier than what I heard leading into January 6th. I'm convinced the next 14 to 15 months are going to be ugly and violent. And again, this is what Trump wants. Yeah, so once again, you and I will sit somewhat on different spectrums here. You know, talk is cheap, right? I find that most of these Republicans that say shit, they're all a bunch of texting tough guys. Yeah, you can yeah. be as tough as you want when you're tweeting at me, when you're posting at me on threads or, you know, your social media with this untruth social or whatnot. It's another thing to see what happened to people like Stuart Rhodes. Yeah. 18 fucking years. 18 Right. You start to see these other idiots that on behalf of Donald, right, or in his honor, 
stormed the Capitol, attacked police officers, right? Um, you know, wanted to hang Mike Pence, kill Nancy Pelosi. That Those days are over as far as I'm concerned. I don't believe the groups like the Oath Keepers anymore have allegiance to Donald. And you know why? Because they have seen now what I have been warning them since day number one. Donald will not be there for you. Yeah. I'm telling you, the man is like First Avenue one way. There's no loyalty that comes the other direction. You will be hanging out to dry, right? He will leave your ass hanging out to dry, not think twice about it, all right? And now what? Now you lose your job, you end up with a conviction, you lose your credit cards. If you have a loan, which I'm sure most of these people do, right? It's so, it's so on point with like what Mike Tyson used yeah. to always say that hung up in his head, right? You know, <laughs> you're only as tough as until I punch you in the fucking face. That's the whole problem here. If you think that any of these texting tough guys, these maggot morons, are going to go up against our law enforcement, they're so out, they're outclassed, they're outnumbered, they're outmanned, they're outgunned, they're outintelligenced, they're out everything. All right? You're not, as your little tiny mobile army, right? You're not, you know, you're not Wagner here. Right. Where you're you're just a bunch of wannabes, some of whom had some military training. But yeah. with all your military training, the guy sitting next to you is the fucking asshole at the Dairy Queen. Right. That you're saying, hey, can you put a little more on that? Right. This guy's got no fucking training whatsoever. And at the end of the day, he's going to get you fucking killed because, you know, any time that you're involved in war, the guy next to you. You need to count on him to yep. save your life the way you're going to save his. That doesn't exist in Trump land. And so my money is really on our military. It's on our law enforcement because as far as I'm concerned, they're the best. Well, hey, hey, Michael, I agree with all that. And I don't think we'll see a January 6th again. I think you're going to see lone wolf incidents of violence over the next 14 to 15 months. I think you're going to see individual people and very small groups trying to do shit. I don't see some big organized thing like Jan 6th, but there are going to be a lot of scary, dangerous people out there individually uh, who mm -hmm. are going to be pissed off at what's happening to Trump. And I'm going to tell you something. I was on, um, was on with Katie Fang a couple days ago, and I... You know, she asked me a question, and that's exactly on this topic. It was right after Douchebag Donald goes ahead and puts out that post. Yeah. If you come yeah. after me, I'm coming after you. All right. That's a fucking threat. Yeah. I don't know why people aren't calling it exactly what it is. Now, what bothered me the most is that they turned around and they're like, it's a threat against Jack Smith. It's a threat against Alvin Bragg. It's a threat against Fannie Willis, right? It's against anybody that's coming after him. You know who they forgot to talk about? Hmm. The people who don't have police protection around yeah. them all the time. The witnesses, 
right? People like myself, yeah. the people that the DAs, the AGs, the, you know, the special counsels that they rely upon in order to make their case. So, yeah, you're, you're right. And now you have this judge that Trump went before, right, just the other day for his third indictment. I mean, he's racking him up. Soon it's going to be like one of these car wash things, right? On the ninth one, you get the 10th indictment free. What they're not doing is they're not talking about how do we protect all the witnesses? Right. Because the DAs and the AGs and everybody, they're all relying upon assistance in order to make the case to hold Donald accountable. And these lone wolves, they're, they're dangerous. You're 100% yes. correct. Because what happens with Donald is he speaks in that mob-like code exactly the way that most of these Oath Keepers and so on that attacked the Capitol on January 6th said, wait a minute, Donald told me to go there. So you got the guy who's going to jail, the idiot that stormed the Capitol, and then you got the bigger idiot who sat there and said, I'll see you there, go to the Capitol, you know, fight like hell for your country. And he's sitting at Mar-a-Lardo, stuffing his fucking face with burgers. I don't get it again. It's uh, Michael. I mean, I mean, you're you're right, and I I, I say stuff like that all the time uh, to these people. Like, you know, Trump's a coward. He he told you to storm the Capitol. There's no fucking way he ever would have. Um, but it, it, they got a blind spot, Michael. That tweet of his, "You come after me, I'm coming after you." Yeah, it's a threat. It's a direct call to violence. It is a direct call to violence. 74 million people voted for Trump. Take take 0.0011% of those 74 million. A lot of people uh, who could still individually on their own do a lot of bad stuff. That, that yeah, that's 7,000 7, armed people with, and that's, look at the, the point, the decimal point where you're at. How about take 5%, take 1%. Yeah. That's a pretty large number, pal. It's a lot of people fucked up, heavily armed, saying, what the hell? They're going to see Trump on trial next year for the first or second time. They're going to say, fuck it. I got nothing to lose. And they're just going to go do something. That's what we got to be really, really afraid of. OK. And again, how do the prosecutors put on a case without their witnesses? You know, I've had friends turn around and say to me, you know, that's this is no joke. When the former president, a fucking lunatic, goes on the warpath calling for action basically to be taken on his behalf, and that negative action applies to you, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? You've done more than enough in order to hold this guy accountable. What, is, what are these prosecutors going to do in order to ensure the safety of you and everybody else around I'm not the only one. The, the judges have to have protection. You said it. The witnesses have to have protection. Michael, we can't even imagine. You kind of can imagine because you've lived through this. The country cannot imagine what we're going to deal with these next 14 to 15 months. I, I don't think they get it. I don't think they understand how ugly this is. He, he's he's going to be the Republican Party nominee. He's going to be on trial three or four times. This is going to be just bizarre and dangerous. Um, 
And he'll say worse than you come after me, I'm coming after you. He'll say mm-hmm. a lot worse. This is a really, this is going to be, I think, one of the most dangerous year-long periods in the history of this country. I mean that. Yeah, fantastic. So, Joe, let me ask you, I want to discuss something that you tweeted after um, a BBC appearance that you were on. And I'm going to again quote, it still shakes me every time I say it. I was on the BBC again a few days ago, and I said for the umpteenth time, America has two major political parties, and one of those parties, my former party, has given up on democracy. My former party is now fully anti-democracy. If the GOP is fully an anti-democratic party, what do you think is the larger goal of these officials, right? I mean, are they looking to turn the clock back and return the country to some uh, fictional time and place, you know, circa 1952 or, you know, uh, 1900s? Or do they seek to emulate the government of Hungary and other quasi-fascist states? And if so, again, head-scratcher. My question is why? What's the end game in your mind? Well, the end game is to get back their America because they don't think we live in their America right now, Michael. I I do a lot of foreign media. And every time I do foreign media, they just scratch their heads, man, and say, Joe, what the hell's going on? And when you think about it, Michael, when you really think about it, we only have two political parties. And right now, one of those parties doesn't support democracy. We've never been here. One of our two parties is anti-democracy. It's simple. You know the drill. Everybody listening to us knows the drill. They, they want their America back. They do not believe elections and the democratic process can get it back for them. So Donald or DeSantis or Orban uh, or, or Putin, whoever... Give me a fucking strong man to get that America back. And they're perfectly willing to do that. That's what they want. But again, and what's they don't the think, end game? Michael, they don't think but, beyond but that. What's, sure, they don't but what's the end game? To, to see something like The Handmaid's Tale, where women have no rights over their body, that government has the right to enter your bedroom and tell you what to do, and then you're going to have a whole bunch of commanders. Could you imagine Commander Jim Jordan, Commander Matt Gates? Could you imagine Com- uh, you, you would have whatever the the uh, the women in that show were called, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> was yeah. Marjorie Toilet Green or Lauren Hobart. Could you imagine the shit fucking Commandant uh, Ted Cruz? I mean, give me a goddamn break. I, I don't understand. What's the end game here? To destroy democracy? Who to are turn they, it Michael? into an autocracy? Yeah, to understand the end game, you got to know who we're talking about. We're talking about middle-aged and older white people. And their end game is they want to live in a country where you can say Merry Christmas. I want to live in a country where men married women, women married men. I want to live in a country where men are men and women are women. None of this, these other genders. I want to live in a country where all these brown and black people can't just come across the border. 
I want to live in a, in a country where I can walk to the plant on the other wait, side. Wait, of wait, town. wait, before before we wait, uh, hold on. It's more than just that they can't that black and brown people can't come to the country. Right. Let's go. I mean, let's look at what Ron DeSantis has recently put out there about, you know, uh, slavery was good for them. It's more like. I don't want. Black and brown people to be able to vote. I don't want brown or black people to be able to look at me cross in the street. And if they do, I have the right to take the law into my own hands. Right. I, I have the right to basically control their lives in every way, shape or form. I think it's much deeper rooted than just their bullshit religious conviction. I think this is all about white privilege. And I think that they are um, trying to bring this country back pre-civil rights. I agree. Now I don't look. I, I, they don't want slavery back, back, and they don't want to deny black people the right to vote. And they, th there may be a few really ugly, ugly people on the far, far right that think that way. But Michael, your general point holds. They want America back where most people were white. It was kind of a Christian country. And, you know, it was just really simple. Men, men, women, women, the whole thing. It was the, the 1950s. The Republican Party base is a white party. These people feel threatened. Uh, they've felt this way for a long time. And by the way, they've been ignored and dismissed. Their own party has ignored them and dismissed them. People like me were jagoffs because we helped wound them up. But then, you know, Trump came along and Trump said, I hear you. It was all bullshit, but Trump said to them, I hear you. Mm -hmm. Nobody, no other Republican said that to them. The Mitt Romneys of the world, the Jeb Bushes of the world, these people just fucking ignored these base voters. Trump didn't ignore them. He just fed them a bunch of bullshit, ugly, dangerous you know, bullshit. That's for sure. But I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic when I say that huh. you know, they want to take away uh, black and brown uh, people's votes. Just look at the way, for example, that you see the gerrymandering going on. You know, uh, yeah. So you're giving them the ability to vote, but their vote doesn't count because the way that they're over that their their votes get overshadowed by the population of that area. Again, being predominantly white, if you mix in small areas here, it sort of gets uh, diluted out. So their vote will never matter. Um, they yeah, are. But I don't think, so Michael, you don't. They are so fucking dangerous. I really do believe it. I believe that they want to turn this country back into the pre-civil rights eras. I, it, I absolutely, I absolutely believe it. You know, and I think their actions are on par for you know, acknowledging at least in part the statement that I'm making. You, 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 and I agree in this, <laughs> my brother. They want to take us back. I don't think they want to take us back to Jim Crow or slavery, but they do want to take us back to where this was a white Christian dominated country. And they're losing that. They're, hey, Michael, two more generations. White people are a minority in this country. Mm -hmm. That's the it. fuck out. And they know it. And it scares the fuck out of them. Um, yep. and, and, and all the Republican leaders now do nothing. 
Tucker Carlson, the, the, the ugliness that the media leaders and the Republican political leaders feed them. They feed these fears that these folks have. That's what Trump's always done. But Trump doesn't believe yeah, because- it. He doesn't believe anything. anything. All he cares about, all he cares about is the financial oh. aspect, what he can do in order to grift off of it. That's Bingo. all that he cares about. Bingo. This bullshit about white, you know, Southern white Christian, uh, you know, evangelical principles, um, you know, man, woman, transgender, gay, straight. He doesn't give a shit about any, any of, of it, that. you know, a, a right to life, pro-choice. He don't give a fuck about any of it. All he cares about, how can he profit from it? How can he be the Vladimir Putin of the United States of America? And, you know, the funny thing is these fucking idiot, these billionaires that surround themselves around him, whether it's at mar lardo or, you know, uh, financially donating to him. What they don't understand, if Donald wins... And he will spend every single waking second, all right, trying to figure out how to remain in power ad infinitum forever, right? So become the dictator, the ruler. The first thing he does is he shows up at Elon Musk's house, right, with a fucking tank, a Sherman tank, rolling it through his fucking grass, right, Uh, knocking down the trees, pointing the 80, you know, caliber 80 million caliber whatever you call that right um you know right at his front door hey elon come on outside how much are you worth so he says i'm worth about 250 billion now you want to try again asshole so he goes no no i'm worth 250 billion you want me to show you my thing you're worth one Sign this piece of paper, and he'll take 249 away from him, and he'll do it to everyone. He'll go to, right, if there's Zuckerberg, he'll go after, when he said, you come, right, I'm, I'm coming after you, don't think that it's only physical force. He's coming after your money, too. The same way that Putin controls 25% of everything in Russia, Donald wants to control 90% of everything that happens in America. He's got these dreams, these, um, you know, these fantasies that he is omnipotent, that he's a god, that he wants to be the richest man in the world, and he's willing to sacrifice anyone and everyone in order to get there. But I want to just jump to something that you recently said. You recently said that the most helpful thing Trump did was reveal all of us on the right for who we truly are. Unknowingly, he put a mirror up in front of each of us. Who stayed true? Who sold out? It was revealed. If you would, discuss with me and my listeners, you know, who in your mind sold out? I mean, who are you most sickened with in a way that they went over to the dark side? And who just continues to kind of flip-flop around like a fucking fish out of water, you know, (laughs) wherever the politics conveniently blow? It it really is the truth, Michael, about Trump. And he didn't know he was doing this because he's a dumbass. But it's like it's like for all of us Republicans and conservatives, when Trump came on the scene, he put a mirror in front of each and every one of us. And we had to choose. Were we going to say and do what we believe or to stay in power? Would we sell our soul? You know the story. 99% of Republicans sold their soul. 90% of people in my right-wing media world sold their soul. Trump revealed us for whose principle? 
Who's got integrity? Who's a fucking grifter? Um, and the vast majority of Republicans became grifters. Because if you're a Joe Walsh or a Liz Cheney or an Adam Kinzinger and you stand up, you're done. And people, uh, Democrats need to understand that. Uh, Kinzinger, Cheney, Walsh, there are a handful of us. The minute we stood up against Trump, our careers ended. Uh, and most Republicans don't want to do that, but they all did. Michael, I know you, you, would, you wouldn't have liked the old Joe Walsh. Jim Jordan and I were buddies. Jim Jordan sold his fucking soul. Uh, you go right down the line. All these people, Michael, for six years privately would call me and say, Donald is everything you say he is publicly, Joe, but fucking I can't say that. Every one of them said that. They all sold their soul. DeSantis and when sold they say that soul. To, so when they say that to you, what did you say back to, you know, I met Jim Jordan and so on. And to be honest with you, he's, he's just a regular Joe. Regular Honestly, guy. he was a regular, he was a regular Joe. All of a sudden I'm watching this fucking horse shit. And here I'm going to go on my rant again. He now has that subcommittee on the weaponization of the Justice Department. Let me be very clear about this. All right. I, first of all, I've been a Democrat my whole life. Um, if... Joe Biden did something illegal. If he did something wrong, I believe in a one-tier legal system. I don't believe in this two-tier system. Now, if Hunter Biden did something wrong, he should be held accountable to the same standard that anybody else would. Yeah. Okay? Instead, Jim Jordan creates this subcommittee on weaponization, not for the purpose of determining fact and truth, but rather to go after Hunter Biden all for the benefit of his Fuhrer, right? Of Donald. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. You don't get to start the concept of weaponization on the day that Joe Biden takes office. The weaponization of the Justice Department took place four years earlier as well under the Trump administration. Don't you think that you start with what preceded it and Bill then Barr. get to where we're at today? I mean, instead, Jim Jordan and others, they want to ignore what I wrote a whole fucking book about, what I'm trying to explain to people about it's in the goddamn title, Revenge, How Donald Trump Weaponized the United States Department of Justice Against His Critics. It should become mandatory fucking reading because it is where we're all going to be if, God forbid, Trump retakes power. We are all going to be in a situation where he can sick the DOJ on you, that they can have you come down to an office unconstitutionally remand you to a federal correctional institute simply because he can. It is a corrupt and disgusting process that Donald Trump, through the use of Bill Barr and others, managed to, you know, create on a scale never seen before. And here, Michael, here's the scary question that all your listeners got to hear right now. Because everything you just said is right. If Trump wins again and he's in the White House, what Republicans are going to stop him from doing everything Michael Cohen just said he's going to do? Name me one Republican in the House or the Senate who will lead a charge to stop Trump from doing any of that. That's what's scary to me, Michael, is 
If Trump's in the White House again, no Republicans, none in the House or Senate will lift a finger to try to stop him. Mitt Romney, Asa Hutchinson, maybe. Maybe they'll they'll shout a little bit from the far sidelines, but they'd be on their own. They won't organize or lead an effort to stop him. I mean, an effort. Well, that ain't. I happening. mean, you want to talk about scary shit? I mean, pff, oh my god, right? It, I mean, that's it, why that's why I say to everybody: make sure that you get out there, you vote, make sure you're registered, make sure your neighbors, your friends, your family, everybody's registered to vote and vote blue, right? The same way that that red wave, that tsunami that was supposed to come take over, you know, turned out to be a complete failure. But I want to just move on for a second. On a recent Kara Swisher podcast, Republican pollster Frank Luntz said he couldn't understand how he was part of a party that includes a pro-Putin faction. And in response to that, you said, of course, he doesn't get it. Luntz, like the rest of the Republican Party establishment, for years ignored and dismissed the rising embrace of authoritarianism in the Republican base. It was slowly gaining strength for years, and then Trump unleashed it. People like to pretend that this has all started with Trump, but the reality is that there were signs of it as early as the first Obama administration. So if you would, discuss with me how this all started, in your opinion, and how Trump unleashed it in ways that nobody else had ever before. Well, Michael, this is a long time building, man. This is my party. This is my base. And again, remember, uh, middle-aged, older white people, and they feel like they're losing their country. They felt this way for a long, long time. The left, respectfully, dominates the media, dominates Hollywood, dominates academia, dominates popular culture. Joe, we're losing our country. I heard this shit for years and it kept building. But people like Frank Luntz and again, the rest of the Republican Party, Frank Luntz was Kevin McCarthy's best friend. They were roommates. Uh, they, they laughed at these voters. They laughed at their own voters for having these concerns instead of sitting them down and trying to educate them. They let it grow, Michael. They let it fester. And yeah, I've, I've pled guilty. People like me helped rile it up. So by the time Trump came along, Michael, all he had to do was just touch it. And it exploded. This is on the Republican Party for 40 some years. They let this happen. Yeah, I mean, I've watched I, I know Frank Luntz. Uh, and I can tell you, I've watched him, whether it's on Fox or elsewhere, and he has, you know, that, uh, those, um, what do you call it, focus groups that he does. And of course, everybody's fucking handpicked. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. And, you know, he, you know, there's some that they know are going to go the opposite direction because you need controversy to sell, right? And then, but the bulk of the people are like, yeah, I would vote for Donald no matter what, right? You know what always amazes me, too? If you, if you follow going back to this whole thing on the stupidity of these you know, Trump followers and these texting tough guys, most of the texting tough guys that come after you on social media, they're not even legit. They're bots. Yeah. And how do you know that they're bots? Every single one of them has basically the same sort of look. They all have goatees in their um, profile. It all says that they're veterans yeah, former police officers, Air Force, Army, Navy, you know, Marines, uh, and so on, decorated soldier. 
17 followers, yeah. right? 27 yeah. followers. Um, they basically, they have a thousand posts, but you know, they don't create the post. They all retweets and, yeah. and likes and shit like that. They're not real, but going back to what we were saying before, there are unfortunately too many real ones that are out there. Yeah. And this is really an issue that I don't think is getting enough attention in the media right now. You know, you're going to need people in order to testify. Maybe it's Mark Meadows. And look, I think Mark Meadows is a fucking moron. I'm sorry. I, I just, I do. I think he is a fucking moron. Uh, you know, the fact that he went along with all this bullshit as long as he did, he may be testifying. Yeah. And if, in fact, that he does, can you imagine, as you said, that 100th, 1,000th of 1% yeah. loony, yeah. right? And you have the, oh, my God, Mark Meadows, he made him chief of staff. He let him, you know, involved. He was a nobody. You know, it's like what he was saying about Mike Pence right now, right? He was a nobody until I brought him in and so on. Bullshit, Right. Now, all of a sudden, he better be fearful. I'm not, and I'm not saying it because I care about the guy. I'm saying it because it's factual, and I'm thinking about Mark Meadows to the same extent that I'm thinking about myself. But yeah. I'm curious, just to move on, yeah, <laughs> to move on for a sec. I'm curious what you think of the so-called no-labels party that's supposed to you know, uh, skew extremism on both sides and find a middle ground. You know, and I, I acknowledge this no-labels party in terms of their, their thought process. The far left is, as far as I'm concerned, is as wackadoodle as the far, far right. They're, they're really... They're, they're, extremism is no good anywhere. The problem is is that right now, there's like no middle ground in the fight against Trump and these MAGA morons. I mean, there just isn't. Either you are for Trump or you are against him. Not like, well, maybe if he changes, I would accept. No, either you are for him or against him. So every one of us falls on the spectrum of far right or far left. It's just true. If you would, discuss with how these guys help or hurt. And who do you think is pulling the strings here? Here's the deal, Michael Cohen. You said the two words that matter right now. Right now, at this moment in American history, our only job is to make sure that that guy never gets back in the White House. So that means we all, this is why Michael Cohen and Joe Walsh are friends. We don't agree on most things politically, but right now- it's okay. It's fuck yeah, it's okay. Right now, we put every policy thing we believe in up on the shelf, and we do everything we can to make sure Trump isn't reelected. That's it. And that means we all have to support the Democratic nominee, because the easiest and best way to beat Trump is one option. So no labels, uh, the forward party, uh, uh, Cornell West, all these other people talking about running, it's all bullshit. They're putting their personal interest ahead of the country. If you want to put the country's interest ahead of ourselves, of yourself, right now, we're all on Team Democrat. I, I want a third party. I want a fourth party. I want, a I want uh, ranked choice voting. I want to get rid of the Electoral College. I want to do a lot of things, but not right now.
Right now, we just stop Trump. That's it. Yeah. It's look. I'm on team democracy. I'm on yeah. team America, right? And I'm not. I'm not kidding. If if Trump was a Democrat right now, and again, I like I said, I've been Democrat my whole life. If Trump was the Democrat, and I had to vote for a Republican, I wouldn't think fucking twice. Bingo. I mean, I wouldn't think twice about you know voting for the best interest of the country. Yes. I mean, I I don't understand this party affiliation thing. It doesn't make any any sense at all. But Joe, as we, you know, as we come to the end, the hour goes by quick here on mea culpa. I have one last question for you here. Yeah. You think the GOP House will try and impeach Biden as a means of fighting the Trump indictments? Because that's all I'm hearing right now, that they are in the process, that they are sitting down and they are, in, you know, discussing, drafting articles of impeachment, which to me, if they do, means every president... For the rest of, as long as I'm here on this planet, every president after, you know, um, when you don't have the House, if it's in the opposite party, will be impeached. I don't get it. Hey, Michael, the whole point of these two years in the House for Republicans is revenge. Retribution for how they think Trump was uh, treated. So, yes, they're going to they're going to they will launch an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden in the fall. Um, most House Republicans, Michael, know it's all bullshit. They don't have any evidence of anything. So what McCarthy will do to please Marjorie Taylor Greene and all of his people on the right, he'll open an inquiry and he'll keep this thing front and center you know, for the rest of Biden's term. It's just bullshit, but it's all revenge for how they, uh, this is what Trump wanted. It's still his okay, part. But yeah, but that's, but as you know, Joe, that's not really the way that it works, right? No, In order no. to impeach him, you have to draft articles of impeachment. The opposite you draft the of articles of impeachment. Right, exactly. You draft the articles of impeachment. You need to have evidence of a crime that was committed, Right. What is the crime that they are claiming of Joe Biden? Well, I, I hear, you know, they're saying somehow and Joe Biden made $164 million from Ukraine or Burisma with his son and this and phone calls. And so I just have. And look, if in fact this is true, then Joe Biden should not run for the presidency again in 2024. Let's bring on some new blood if that's true. But I have not, and I scoured the internet, including these fake right-wing, yeah. you know, uh, propaganda papers. I'm scouring the internet for the proof that they're referring to, and I just can't find it. Let's impeach him and then find the evidence. That's what Republicans are doing. It's the opposite of what you should do, but that's what they're doing, and they're doing it to please Trump. End of story. But that's just going to backfire on them as well. I mean, they're even lose the house. if They'll you lose the house, they, they will lose the house on that as well, which would be just fine. Yeah. You know, so look, Joe, let me thank you as always. Um, you know, love our goal is not Michael Cohen. I love me some Michael Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you, appreciate brother. that. And, you know, look, we're not supposed to agree on everything. In fact, that's what actually this country was founded on is Amen. disagreement. But but being able to be civil enough to 
engage in conversation for the betterment of, you know, of the cause. And obviously here the cause is democracy in democracy. America. So thank you, thank my you, brother, brother, for everything that you keep doing. Stay in touch, and I will certainly stay in touch with you. Thank you, man. And now for today's mea culpa. The more I think about Jack Smith's attempt to place a protective order on Trump, prohibiting him from using his social media to threaten officials, to disclose evidence, and generally cause mayhem around the trial, is once again a genius chess move by the special prosecutor. He knows, as we all do, that Trump will be Trump and that he will not be able to help himself. The man is congenitally unable to shut his fucking mouth and, like any spoiled child, believes it's his God-given right to speak his mind and to say whatever the fuck he wants. His lawyers are attempting to save him from himself by trying to get his rancid postings protected as political speech and making this a First Amendment issue. But Judge Chukton hopefully won't bend over that far. What remains is what scares Trump's legal team, that he is going to continue to taunt and threaten and make up tons of bullshit around this case. And guess what? Chukton will put her fucking foot down and find Trump in contempt. Smith doesn't want the protective order because he's afraid that Trump will say something awful or threaten a witness. He wants the protective order because he knows Trump will do all of those things and temporarily checkmate himself right behind bars. It's a case of giving him the rope to hang himself. Let Trump be Trump and he'll eventually lock his own ass up. I mean, I think it's just fucking brilliant. Now let's hope that Judge Chukton does her part and actually holds Trump accountable. And as always, thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Midas Touch, and LSJ Media. Written by Jimmy Jelinek. Our editor and managing producer is Lisa Orkin. Our executive producers are Jared Gustad, Jimmy Jelinek, and myself, Michael Cohen, along with Phil Alberstadt. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is still winning the war on the state and local level. Maya Culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, I promise you, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Maya Culpa, nothing but the truth. This is my mayor.